This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 30th of March. In your Squiz today, taking a squiz at the budget, Russia to curb attacks on Kyiv, the Solomon Islands stands by its security deal with China, and getting your hands on a presidential jet. This is your Squiz today. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg outlined the coalition's 2022-23 budget last night. He started by highlighting how uncertain things are in the world right now, war in Europe, the pandemic, floods here at home, but overall wanted to reiterate that Australia is resilient and our economic recovery is doing well. Of course, there's a lot to unpack here, Claire. Let's look firstly at those overall numbers when it comes to the economy. So our deficit is expected to be $78 billion next financial year. It was expected to be $99 billion, but there are more people in work. Our economy is going better than they expected. So that number has come down. We'll also see our net debt rise to $714.9 billion. That's down from an expected $835 billion. So our federal finances have improved improved a lot and the coalition is taking that windfall and it's spending up on pre-election sweeteners. Probably the main part of that budget to make us think a bit more warmly of them as we head to the polls are our cost of living measures. The coalition's going to halve the petrol excise. That will see petrol come down by 22 cents a litre for the next six months. There's also cash payments for people on pensions. There's a tax offset for people in that low and middle income range. Lots of funding also for some of the government's main themes, uh, the things that it thinks really are attributes for its management of government, things like defence and cyber security, uh, things like infrastructure projects, and also health, of course, they want to highlight the good job that they've done managing the pandemic. There's also a whole lot of money for regional Australia. You'll remember that the Nationals backed Scott Morrison with a net zero emissions by 2050 commitment just in time for him to go to that climate change summit in Glasgow. There were lots of questions about exactly what Morrison had to do to get that support. Well, it's payback time in this budget. (laughs) Uh, There are billions of dollars for things like new dams, uh, turbocharging regional economies, and also things like internet and mobile coverage improvements in the bush. As you say, it is a pre-election budget. Lots to come today as it's unpacked politically, but also economically. A lot of people keeping an eye on inflation. Yeah, inflation is a really key thing because, of course, when you pump lots of money into the economy, which is what this budget will do, uh, that can see things heat up a bit and inflation can rise. And, of course, that's something that the government's trying to address with this budget uh, through those cost of living measures. So a lot of attention on that. Uh, Two things really at play, the government trying to manage the economy and show us, the voters, that they can manage the economy responsibly. but also we're heading to an election and those sweeteners are real. Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers says the government has delivered a pretty desperate political ploy when the country needed a plan for the future. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese will deliver Labor's full budget reply tomorrow night. Our Shortcuts podcast this week is going to be all things budget. We'll be able to unpack the context and details of it all a little more. That'll be out tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
On to an update now on the rains affecting parts of the East Coast. Police have confirmed a second death in Queensland, that of the missing man we mentioned yesterday. However, the rains are easing in southeast Queensland as that low pressure system moves south into New South Wales. Yeah, that weather system, though, has uh, extracted some pain up there in southeast Queensland and also northern New South Wales. There have been towns that have evacuated, uh, including parts of Lismore. Uh, the expected flood peak in Lismore, which, of course, has lots of eyes on it after what happened just a few weeks ago, it's going to be lower than initially predicted. And it seems that the town's levee is going to protect the city centre uh, from another catastrophe. So that's good news. Um, Uh, As that weather system heads south, uh, there's issues and warnings for the mid-north coast of New South Wales uh, and also around Sydney where there's going to be heavy rainfall for the coming days. Officials have also warned Sydney-siders to stay away from most beaches due to contamination issues from all the runoff in the water. Not that it's exactly swimming weather, but do keep that contamination warning in mind as well. On to the latest in the war in Ukraine. Peace talks between Russia and Ukraine have been taking place in Turkey this week. Overnight, Russia has announced that they will drastically reduce their military combat operations in two key areas, the capital Kiev and the city of Cherniv. That's what they say they're going to do, and certainly Western intelligence shows Russian forces drawing away from Kiev. But there's lots of cynicism from the West that Russia actually means anything by it. What UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said is that we must judge Putin's regime by their actions and not their words. Uh, Those talks are ongoing. Uh, One of the things that Ukraine has offered is to be a neutral state, so it can be a bit of a buffer between the West and the East. Meanwhile, it's Australia's turn to hear from Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. He'll address a joint sitting of Parliament live tomorrow afternoon. Still in international news, the Solomon Islands is preparing to move ahead with a security deal with China that would see Chinese military forces with a base less than 2,000 kilometres off the coast of Australia. There was a strong reaction to the news of the deal last week and now the Prime Minister of the Solomon Islands has weighed in. Yeah, Prime Minister Sogavare has said that we really should back off, that it's insulting uh, that the Solomons have been sort of painted as unfit to manage their own affairs. Uh, What he says is they can do whatever deal they want and certainly they're looking very favourably on a deal with China that would put a military base there. Uh, What China says is that uh, the idea that they would set up a permanent base is misinformation, but Australia, New Zealand and the United States are certainly concerned that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, they're urging him not to sign that deal. Sogavare says that he's spoken to Prime Minister Scott Morrison about it, says that we're still important partners, but that the Solomon Islands really needs to diversify their partners to achieve their own security needs. The fallout continues from the Will Smith incident at the Oscars. The organisation behind the Academy Awards will open a formal review, Claire. They are going to look into the incident. They say they're going to explore further action and consequences uh, when it comes to their own standards of conduct and also Californian law. What industry insiders say that means is that there's likely to be some sort of punishment for Smith. That could be a temporary loss of his membership to the Academy. Uh, The only thing to note there is that you need to be a member of the Academy if you're going to win an award uh, like an Oscar. 
but it's unlikely that they're going to take that Oscar away from Smith. That's certainly something that some have been calling for after that violent display. Meanwhile, Will Smith took to Instagram yesterday to apologise again, and this time he did apologise to Chris Rock. He says, I am a work in progress. Before we wrap up, if using a private jet is on your bucket list, then the president of Mexico might be able to help that dream come true. You can rent his, Claire. He hasn't been able to sell it. Um, (laughs) His predecessor bought it and what he says is that it's all a bit too flashy. He just won't get on it and he won't use it. So because they haven't been able to offload it, they're now renting it out. They say that's the next best option when it comes to recovering some costs. When we're looking at governments trying to manage their uh, budget, maybe that's an idea for some. I don't know. A moment now to recognise the thriftiness of Mexico's president. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on today? Really big one this afternoon, Shane Warne's state memorials at the Mm. MCG. That starts at 7pm. It's televised on Channel 9 in Melbourne. It's on 9 Gem elsewhere. We're going to see Hugh Jackman, Kylie Minogue, Russell Crowe, along with a lot of international cricketing greats. Um, There's a chance that they're going to unveil the Great Southern Stand as the SK Warne Stand. There's going to be a crowd of about 50,000 people. Also musical performances from Ed Sheeran, Robbie Williams, Chris Martin and Elton John. It's quite a remarkable thing. That is a really huge lineup to celebrate Shane Warne's life. 7pm tonight if you want to tune in to that one. If you can't get enough of the budget today though, 12.30pm Treasurer Josh Frydenberg will be delivering his post-budget speech. That's about all from us today. Have a good Wednesday and we will be back with you tomorrow.